It's Friday, March 26th. You're listening to the Tech Breakfast Podcast, the show that brings you delicious tech news and all the hot takes you can handle with Tyler Gates, Russ Cantwell, and Aaron Bewley. How's it going, fellas? It's going well. Tyler's, Tyler's attacking you on in the pre-show with your, your reading. So that's always a good start. <laughs> Teleprompter action. We talked a little bit about, um, I think, taxes. Uh, and we talked about some stuff. So it's, it's been an interesting morning so far, but I'm ready to get rolling here. Okay, awesome. Let's get the tech history stuff out of the way. Uh, let's see here. What do we got? What do we got? Oh, March 25th. So again, it's yesterday. Yesterday in tech history, March 25th, 1996, the very first movie, the very first feature film put on DVD. You want to guess what it was? Oh my goodness. Goldeneye. Okay. No, wait, first feature film yeah. on DVD? Yes, sir. Uh, released on DVD or, or like the... Put was it on sorry? Was it and released? Oh, yes, like sold. the first one put on it, but well, yeah. no, okay. But is there a difference between the <laughs> first time it was ever released as a what? movie and it's on DVD, or the first time it was released on DVD? <laughs> I don't know, bro. No, it's like, first, like for instance, <laughs> if it was, if it was, uh, what movie am I thinking of? The Lost Art. Um, <laughs> it's the first movie. Just name a movie. <laughs> I no, because it it. it matters it could be different okay, here's what it says it says the first i don't i don't have a guess anymore put on dvd <laughs> you don't have a guess anyway <laughs> no i do the first feature film i i'm gonna say uh I, why not raiders the last lost ark but what i was saying is that it was released way before dvd but it could have been the first one put on a dvd or the question could be what movie was first released on dvd and had never been released before dvd those are two different things. No one's giving you that many clues in who wants to be a millionaire, bro. They're just going to ask you. I'm not going to guess the right movie anyways. I'm so just curious about which question it is. <laughs> oh, this is so perfect for my question I'm going to pose right after we get through this. Yuli, continue. That's it. Okay. All right. That was a solid F2. That was a line from the movie. There goes another cow. I think that was the same cow. Oh, was it Twister? Twister. Yes, Twister. Okay. Nice. All right. Who got that first? I think you guys got it at the same time, but I literally have tears coming out of my eyes. I think Russ beat me by a fraction of a second. <laughs> maybe, maybe. So, so now I need to know the answer to my question: Had Twister been relieved on any released on any other formats, or was it VHS. only release format DVD first? Guaranteed, it was on VHS first. It was the first movie released on DVD, and apparently the last released on HD DVD. Ooh, what? Hey, make sense. I like that. Is that is weird? No, see, it does because I I get that. Like now, I'm picking up what they're putting down, but I still Not don't. All know films are feature films, bro. This is true too. <laughs> okay. <laughs> see, there's a lot That's, of nuance to that question. You're right. You're right. Of pearl. You're right. And okay. now I I don't even know how to confirm it because I don't feel like the question was valid. Okay. Well, now today, <laughs> let's move to today in tech history. This is kind of tech history. Golly, it's going to be one of those days, huh? <laughs> Dr. Jonas Salk announces the polio vaccine March 26th. Do you want to guess That's what year? Big. Or guess a decade, and I'll tell you the year. How long do you think we've had the polio vaccine? My goodness. When did that? My parents got it when they were young. Actually, 60s. 70s. 1953. Ooh, I was closer. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yep. In 1952, an epidemic year for polio, there were 58,000 new cases reported in the U.S. and more than 3,000 people died from the disease. And now people aren't taking polio vaccines because of misinformation they got from their friends on Facebook. Ooh, I found a cool thing. 
but I'll talk about it later. My grandfather actually had polio. He got it when he was in his 20s really? um, after being a pilot for the Navy. And uh, he permanently lost the use of his left leg because polio deteriorates. Uh, well, yeah, it attacks your nervous system. It, it attacks the nervous center it, and it, it'll attack the central nervous system pretty badly too. So it and results in a lot of uh, paralysis, which is why a lot of polio survivors uh, also ended up in iron lungs and stuff too, because yeah. it would paralyze below, you know, a higher point in the spine and you could breathe. So it's a really, really messed up disease. And that was actually a really interesting story. I heard later from, I think my mom was telling it to me. It could have been my grandmother before she died, but my grandfather thinks he got it because a road trip that he took, uh, he was alone. He got really tired, pulled off on the side of the road, took a nap with the windows down and woke up literally covered in flies. And he's pretty sure that's where he picked it up. And how gross is that? That's Interesting story, though. And, and I didn't that's know that until crazy. I was much, much older. But yeah, I, I have uh, very strong feelings about uh, vaccination. I didn't know it could be transmitted through flies. But um, most people that got it were little kids. And if you know U.S. presidents, you know that Franklin D. Roosevelt had it. Yeah. And uh, he got it at the age of 39. I think, I think my grandfather okay. was 20, 29, maybe. I, I'm not probably remembering that right. Yeah. I just know he's in his 20s. Okay, cool. Let's uh, let's get to the tech news. What y'all got? You had a question, Russ? I do have a question, but I found a, uh, in, and I thought it was from today. It's not. It's, it's actually from two days ago, so it must have came on after, after we were on on Wednesday. But it's sort of a tech history thing, and I think it's a big one uh, because uh, Apple launched Mac OS X or OS X 20 years ago. Uh, on the 24th. So just hmm. crazy to think that how long, uh, how long that has persisted. Wait, 20 years ago, like 20 years ago. Wow. Yeah. Um, That's it crazy. says March 24th, 2001. That is wild. Coincidentally, 20 years or 19 years before, uh, we closed on this new house cause we just finished our one year. Hey, yo. Hey, yo. So I just thought that was interesting. I mean, that was a pretty big release in the, in the releases of like yeah, OS history. I mean, it was just a big, it's a very important part of computing history. So I thought that was, was fairly relevant, but on to my question. Uh, <laughs> and I, I cannot stress to you how just valuable Tyler's, I don't know what you'd call it. Aneurysm was over the, <laughs> the, <nuanced laughs> over the movie debacle. That, that's well, called being a pedantic. <laughs> so I wasn't even really, waking up yet. Like, really? No, you just, just said that perfectly. <laughs> you just said that perfectly. The nuance that, yes. that, that was going on, because that is very key to this question. And the question I, to be fair, I am actually not posing, but I actually thought it was worthwhile um, from the verge. Yes or no. Very key to this. Are the tech hearings Objection. doing anything? <laughs> Did you Just see kidding. anything? No, what was the question? No, I, saw, I said I said objection I at the beginning here. when you said yes or no. What at. was the question? I didn't hear it. So here, <laughs> listen, dang it! <laughs> Close your mouth for two seconds. So the the title is yes or no? Are these tech hearings doing anything? And the reason behind this is because, and I'm we've we've all watched at least some of it, and and I will tell you. I stand by Jack on this one because Jack tweeted just a question mark with no context at all with a poll that just said yes 
No. <laughs> yep. Because that's all these freaking hearings. Uh, that's do. Awesome. They, whenever you do that to someone, by the way, whenever you ask someone a question and they start to you know go into their answer and you say, whoa, 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 yes or no, you have yeah. one thing in mind. You, yeah. in your opinion, are asking you're just a looking for confirmation that you know the answer to and you're looking for a yes. And if they have a no, you have a planned response. That is right. not okay. <laughs> like it's garbage. And there's that, so that's funny nuance in the space they're talking about that if Tyler were on one of these, oh my goodness. Oh my God. What would They'd all have aneurysms. <laughs> that was just so perfect to the the movie one. Is the Tyler, yes or no, dang it, tell us a movie. <laughs> I cannot do it. Funny. So I sort of feel for, for all of these guys, I mean, you know, regardless oh, yeah, of your sure. personal feelings to them in particular. Although I do think Jack seems to have sort of a stand-up opinion. Like he, I think he even said yesterday the day before, whenever this was, he was like, yeah, we probably had some fault in the Capitol riots and no one else said that. Yeah. Everyone else is like, well, I mean, like algorithms and, you know, there's sure. this stuff and we have policies and Jack's like, nah, we probably should have done something different. And we could have done this better. Respect, we could have done it different. I respect him for that, but I, I think I immensely more respect him for just trolling them. I think while this was going on, because he sent the tweet out during the hearing. It's awesome. Yes, yeah, he was awesome. liking. He was liking tweets in the middle of the show. Um, his Twitter comms lead was saying, "Hey, I'll answer questions about the uh, about the Bitcoin uh, clock or whatever it is, the 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 blockchain clock or whatever it was that was behind him." Uh, and Jack liked that right in the middle, <laughs> right in the middle of getting questioned. I mean, the thing is, is if, if you aren't going to like allow you dialogue, the show. It, you can't take it Did serious as as part of the as one of the people no, that I, is involved in it. I There's just nothing that you can take serious as if you're Jack. Why would you even care about these hearings, hearings at this point? I think it's the third or fourth time they've done it. And all he's there to do is to confirm things that they may not know anything about. And why would any reasonable may? person do that? You know, I, that's just a, I, I struggle with that because I feel like, you know, the three of us all work in an industri industry where we have to explain nuance. And if we right. just went up there and everything we did was yes or no, and you had no context, be awful. all we would do is have Nightmare. people make bad decisions. Yes, so yes. that's a perfect way to say it. All yeah. we would be doing is helping people make bad decisions. Absolute Which you nightmare. pretty much yeah. just summarized how the, the U.S. government's working right now. Yeah, it's, it's just helping people make bad decisions. 80% of the, I mean, at least 80% of the questions that you get in this industry you hate starting with it depends, but it depends. <laughs> it depends. It's never it really as simple does. as you think. I, yeah. I thought you could have just done full stop at hate. It's, most of the questions are just awful questions. Like, no, 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 no. Let's let's rewind a little bit. Let's let's start earlier in your thought process. Yeah, it's it's amazing. You know, it's you mentioned uh, so much of. I think Tyler, you said the word misinformation earlier. So I was talking. Uh, with uh, James, friend of the show. He's actually a legacy, um, you know, big fan of, of SevOps as what well. Up, James? You know, and uh, yeah, yeah. I, he had asked me back, you know, when all the election stuff was gone, he was like, what are we supposed to do? Like, how do we discern misinformation? Like, where do we get our sources? Yada, yada, yada. And so there's more of a, at the time, it was a conversation on like the ability to, and we've talked about this before, discern good yeah. and bad science. It was a, it was a, it was a method, methodical, I don't know. Methodology. Yeah. There you go. That I was looking, trying to, to work through, but I found something very interesting. Ironically through brave, which Julie, you and I were talking about Yeah. where I got an advertisement <laughs> this for this service or it's a, it's a newsletter, which should probably really interest you, Billy, because I know you love those newsletters. I do actually. I know, they're great. And this one's called 1440. 
the thing okay. that caught me about it was that they have this process that they work through. Like the resolution? It seems to be fairly manual. Yeah, potentially. Or what? I think okay. that's probably the reference. 1440 is a newsletter that is supposed to send out high quality sort of informative articles and meaning it's supposed to be very neutral. It's not supposed to lean significant bias one way or another. Mm -hmm. Uh, I found an in-depth review of this where they even tried to like have an interview and test them on this and say, well, do you believe that everything is that, that is sort of centrist is, is better than left or right. And they were like, well, we need to make sure you understand that even a centrist view can have bias and it can be wrong. And it was like, they are, I mean, they have a specific, work through yeah just send I'm these things you, out we need to start one of these we need to start a newsletter well maybe I, we don't we have will. time though but maybe we need a fourth person we, we probably won't be able to do it in the way these people do because apparently this is done with minimal automation and a lot of manual process where yeah you know they're trying to discern this types of information but they had a very interesting graph where they showed this sort of upside down bell curve where it was deciding or showing how far left or right something is leaning or obviously towards the middle as well as the the quality of content meaning who was like reporting something for the first time and had sources and had all sorts of things that they built out as opposed to sort of reposting someone else's stuff so like the associated press and rooters stuck out to me a lot as being the absolute highest in the quality bar and they also were very, very in the middle, meaning they didn't have a significant amount of bias. So that's what this graph was. It was like quality on your vertical and then bias, bias. On your horizontal. It was a very cool thing. And so that article or that review gave me, I felt like gave a lot of credence to the newsletter from 1440. But then I also noticed as I was screwing, uh, screwing, scrolling through it. Uh, you remember I've talked about Stratechery a few times and Mm -hmm. Ben Thompson and he's someone he lives in Taiwan and he just he's very analytical about what he does I mean he it's it's not about emotion with the way he goes through these things he was quoted in one of his like he made this list and so when he did and I know who he is and I value his opinion and I view it very strongly just as being kind of a voice of reason a lot of times even when he's like disagreeing with his own views uh that really stuck out to me as well as another thing that felt like it was really high quality. So then I started looking through these news pieces. So I, I never really looked at Associated Press or Reuters that much. I've now added them to, to my little news area, but I looked at the ones I do have, like The Economist and New York Times, um, Business Insider, et cetera, uh, Wall Street Journal. And none of them were dead center, but they were all above this line that they had kind of put on the quality section. And they were both within the 10% plus or minus 10% variable on leaning left or right. And so like that also gave me credence to like the news sources that I have chosen are not too dramatically one way or another. They all have a high bar for quality. And I just, I thought it was an incredibly good view of of looking through a process and working through this. So the newsletter is cool. Check it out. It's called 1440. It's it's free. It's not a paid newsletter. I just signed up too, but I'd be really interested in seeing that specific article too. The one that kind of go through, goes through it and sort of ranks and rates because that, that is, that is really neat. And what I have seen, you know, back to sort of the misinformation side of stuff is that there's a recent trend, you know, within the last few years where it's like what what you were describing, how right or left or or away from center a certain source is great. You're marking quality first. I think that's critical because you can 
you can yourself filter out some garbage, right? You take the New York Times and you read nothing but the opinion pieces or the op-eds in general, you're probably not going to get the same experience as somebody who's reading the non-opinion part of yep. that news media. And, and unfortunately, I think people will conflate those two things from sources, right? You look at, you look at something like the Associated Press or Reuters, and if you're reading everything that they produce, you're going to get stuff all over the place. But if you're looking at predominantly op-eds or the sources that you're getting links to articles from those, those agencies are coming from their, their opinion pieces, it's going to be dramatically skewed away oh, yeah. from the average center. And, and I saw a lot of that happening, especially around our uh, election in the United States, where we, we vilified mainstream media is what, what I saw sort of the umbrella term just coming out. But, but it, it like applied to everything, which made people getting their news from a particular source. On, on, and I'm not, I'm not pointing fingers at any one thing here, sure. but it made them immediately you skeptical of other. Right now. That's uh, that's, actually, I know, but that's why I said it's not one thing. I'm pointing at all the things. <laughs> like an octopus. Um, but, but what I was saying is it, people were, they, they had their bias, right? And they would take their bias here, quote, mainstream media is bad. And then they would become immediately skeptical of almost every right. other high quality yeah. news source in its entirety. So right. they, they just took the blanket position of, as an example, because this one came up a lot, the, the Wall Street Journal is bad and it, and it is leaning in a certain direction and it is intending to steer your brain. So they put a hook in and said, this is terrible news. This is misinformation but they didn't actually apply any logic to whether or not their articles are fact-based or the stuff that they're seeing is an op-ed. And so, yeah, by what, the way, it seems WSJ scored very well on this graph and it's another one I subscribe to. So there you go. booyah, grandma. Can I um, yeah. jump back on something that I'm trying to reconcile in my brain when yeah, let's do they that. asked Twitter CEO, Jack Dorsey, when they asked him whether or not Twitter contributed to the Capitol riots and he said yes probably or whatever it is that he said mm -hmm. what are they what is their goal there well because I, so when i read let through me, the yeah go ahead keep keep, well, work, just, no, keep working your you thoughts know, I, I, I paused but just to like so did everything else every other form of communicating and if you go pull this article up on reddit and you go see the some of the comments it's like so did emails text phone calls etc of course you know, as did the English language in general and, and, no. <laughs> and, and every other social media. That's app. pedantic, too. This is nuanced as no, well. I I, it, it's, it's a megaphone. It's, yeah, I agree. I agree. And, and I think Jack probably is the only one that acknowledged it openly like that, which I would think yeah. actually carries some risk with it because you're talking to legislators, lawmakers. Right. And you're saying my platform, you're the only one putting your hand up and saying, yeah, we, we contributed to that. That, that yeah. could be actually damaging to Twitter's financials, right? I doubt it will. Which is They're ridiculous. It is, it's, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Him acknowledging that, I think it makes sense with the stuff we've talked about with Blue Sky and the fact that he personally seems to have a vested interest in acknowledging that social media might have a different role to play in how information or misinformation gets spread. That's that's a step in the right direction. Like when yeah. Russ just, was saying, uh, you know, the virtual high five to, to acknowledging that. I, I do think that's important. I think it's important that people that run these platforms acknowledge and recognize that they are different than 
texts, phone calls, emails. Yeah. Because but of I think everyone Brett. knows. That. I think that's highly obvious. Like I don't. But he's even the only one that he's the only one that acknowledged it. Right. So I mean, yes, kudos to him. But let's get to the part of like, how do we solve this problem? Are we, oh, sure. are we okay. stopping at the fact that Twitter has to be the police of Twitter? They don't no, no, solve no, 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 problems no. in political theater, the... though. They, they, there's no intent. <laughs> it's let's, a show. Let's boil you, this you nailed down it. a little <laughs> bit more simplistically. Twitter is not the problem. Facebook is not the problem. Humans are the problem. Like it, you, can, I don't care what you see on Twitter. If that, if what you saw on Twitter is what forced you to go to the capital and riot or do whatever it is you did or if you did or for any of the rioting that went on earlier in the year any mm. decision you make as a human to do something like that i the the human has to be part of it as well i mean it's it's not just you see something must react i i don't disagree at all i think people should be held accountable for their actions hard stop right that that is a thing but i don't agree that it's as simple as saying as a person, as a human that gets to make a decision, if you are fed a lot of garbage and it changes the way you think, the, the, I guess what I'm getting at is there are a lot of bad actors. We report on this all the time on this show in general. It is in the news from every source. There are a lot of bad actors that now have enough information about you personally to influence the way that you think, whether it's as simple as getting you to click something to buy a tool yeah. for your garage or a part for your car, they also know enough about you to slowly feed into what gives you that dopamine rush for confirmation bias sure. and slowly chip you towards something more radical than not. And you cannot discount the fact that there are people who are disgruntled about you name anything. It could be their personal financial situation. It could be the educational background they had. It could have been access to treatments for something, whatever it is. If you know that about them, or if you know that about a demographic in general, well, how do you solve? And you this? can slowly drive a wedge into the way that they think about an institution and steer them further and further away from news sources like you were just describing that are high quality and actually more centrist. If you can convince them that something that is centrist is radically against them on the opposite side. It pushes them further out of the middle and more towards a radical end. And then they start to think that the answer to the problem is to go and violently protest against the United States government. They made the decision to do the violent protest, but they probably didn't start there. You know what? I'm going to buy you a book. And I think you're going to read it. It's called Extreme Ownership, written by a Navy SEAL. And I want every American, every person in the world to read this book. And I'm going to take responsibility for the problems on Twitter because I'm going to own the fact that there is something I could do to fix that. I don't like, I don't like passing the, the buck off here. I don't like the, for people who make these decisions to do whatever it is that they're going to do. Trust me, I, I have family members who are very riled up about things that went on in, sure. uh, in this whole thing. Maybe, maybe not. People from the FBI reached out to talk to them. They oh, didn't wow. go riot in the Capitol. Yeah, right? yeah fair. They wanted to. They didn't. They had the means to. They yeah, didn't. yeah. So no, I, don't, I, I don't disagree. Again, <laughs> people, people have to own their actions. They have to own their decisions. I don't think there's any... I am not, I'm not debating that they should. But I think the broader problem is that if you take 300 million opportunities to make someone radical, you're going to win sometimes. 
And, and that's how you end up with a few thousand people that are really making bad decisions and they should be held accountable. And I think we're working on that, right? That's right, but, Jocko. But I do think it has become a lot easier for entities that are interested in radicalizing people's thoughts to do so through social media platforms. And I think that's what Jack Dorsey is acknowledging. We have a problem because we have made it easier to radicalize the way people think about anything. That word is super buzz now, right? Radical thoughts could just be dramatically removed from logic, right? It could be about face wash. It's the same concept, though. Well, if we want to boil this down to trying to fix problems that I feel like the human condition should be able to handle, but we want to use other ways to do it, I would say that we need to change the way we incentivize business success from the street. Totally agree. And if we did that, we would change a lot of behavior around what businesses consider successful outside of just bottom line. And in this case, you know, annual and monthly recurring revenue, which is a very big deal on the street right now. If you don't know that, check out the companies that are doing it. They could be growing <laughs> a lot. Uh, but that is not financial advice. Of course, we don't give that on this show. We're not um, financial advice. But nonetheless, I, I think that there's a big element of the, the behavior seeing from Twitter is driven by a company which needs to run a business. And the incentives to do that are what is going to drive the reaction of that platform. If we change the incentives in some way, shape, or form, the platform will change to adjust to those. And if you change the incentives to doing things that are, it's better for you to have a decent bottom line and a really good humanitarian effort. Like we want you to increase jobs, for instance. Nice try, Russ. What are you, anti-market economy? Well, here's the thing. You are the worst. Don't you move to China? Dell's coming on this show, right? (laughs) Michael? Michael's going to Yeah. Yeah. The surprise. Okay. So, so we're going to get Michael Dell on the show, I think, at some point in the next 10 years. And um, <laughs> when we do, we'll talk about it because I've seen him talk about this, like the idea of economic yeah. factors for companies that revolve around how many jobs did you retain this year, as opposed to, you know, whatever, just, I mean, obviously the financial side would be a part of it. You have to be successful in business in general in order to provide those jobs. But in a pure market economy, what you're talking about is an unholy influence through law and how companies regulate themselves. Are we talking? Are we talking about how to solve this problem, or are we not? I'm throwing out ideas. All you're doing, I like. I like your ideas. No, uh, no, I'm not actually there. I'm just trying to be a devil's advocate on that one. I, I think the the there are going to be a lot of people that are going to push back on the idea that you should be incenting businesses any other way than natural market supply demand swings. Especially in, but, in America. But I, and I don't disagree I actually, with them, but you won't let me let humans own it, so we got to do it some other way. Well, the the corporations are humans. They own it. Yeah, in the eyes of They the have no soul. Government. And so they do what they want, which is make money. <laughs> Okay. Sigh. Moving on. Moving on. Ooh, uh, speaking of speaking of soulless people. and interesting things, yes, I did find uh, I found an interesting article. Um, this this is a fun one coming off the tales of do better. It turns out there is a thriving black market. Uh, I assume globally, but I didn't actually notice that in the article. Tyler loves this black market because it's thriving. It is a thriving black market for the sale of COVID vaccines and. COVID pass vaccination passports. So if you want a vaccine and you can't get one, you can also just go buy a passport that says, I got it already. 
I knew well, hold on. That's, that's actually an interesting thing. So it is interesting. Do you both have had, I don't know if you've had both your shots I got, or I got round yeah. one. I yeah, haven't I'm gotten around to yet. I'm like a month into. So, do you guys have some form of passport identification? How's that work? It, you get a card. a card. I have a card. Is it you laminated? Get a card that says "Got Dose no. One." Got Dose. If it's not paper. laminated, then it's. I know it's. They're not, not serious. But but there's been there's been some conversation debate about people being able to travel to other countries oh, and stuff like that based on right. having proof of vaccination. Yeah, I remember because I remember yeah, we were telling like people like don't card. take pictures and put it on social media. I remember I've seen that like because people were doing that right. They're right. Oh, yeah. hey, I got vaccinated. Here's my card. Legit. And people were copying dude, it. There's nothing. There's nothing unique about this. No, if not you, at all. You had if you got your hand on a stack of a thousand of these, you could just handwrite a thousand. It's literally all of it. You know, it's all name, handwritten. Yeah, it's all handwritten. My name yeah. is in one color. I'm holding up to the camera there. My name yep. is in one color, and then the first Screenshot. vaccine. Selling this in uh, someone's handwriting in a different color. Oh, and right. it lists it lists if you got which one you got. You got Pfizer. Yeah, yeah. It says what it is, but it should, all, all it says is like somebody wrote it down and then wrote the date. What's the mm-hmm. actually? There, there oh, is one number. unique identifier there. The the number after would probably be. Yeah. Oh, you know what? I'll bet that's the dose identification. So the vial that you got. That's it. Oh yeah, there's an alphanumeric code. Yeah. So I'll bet I'll bet that's it, which is interesting, right? But yeah, but this it, it cracks me up name, that there's uh, I guess they well my name. Yeah, I mean they confirmed maybe. who I was. So it does seem like they're it does seem like it would be checkable. But how close well, are people looking at but, this? But they're like, not going to do I that. Go, if you go to the if you go to the airport and you're flying to Southeast Asia and Southeast Asia says you can't come unless you have a COVID passport, and then yeah. you whip out a piece of paper that's got chicken scratch on it, right. they're going to say great rubber stamp come into the country and spend yeah and money. they're not checking against the u.s's you know, no thing. hell no Same there is like no Royal caribbean if there's Royal no caribbean centralized says, or decentralized database and actually we don't even have technology to solve that problem blockchain <laughs> <laughs> no sort but seriously Royal caribbean me. is is requiring this now what's mm-hmm. to say i mean whatever yeah i mean anybody could i just, could just borrow yours getting on the boat yeah exactly uh, okay blockchain. yeah anyways i thought it was super interesting and not at all surprising um it highlights, uh, I think, a problem that is obvious to most people that are hearing that, right? Which is that if you have a little bit of money, because it's not even a lot by by many people's standards, $500 is what they were reporting. It costs to get a dose, probably less for a card. That Why? Says In the US? Because you can go, I mean, most well, now states you can. are open to anybody. But a few weeks right ago, now. you couldn't. So I, I imagine a scenario where you are not considered so 1A or 1B and your travel was limited because you were not vaccinated and it was costing you money because your business required travel. Example, because I don't think that was happening very much in the US. So if you would buy it, it, a if you buy a COVID vaccine on the black market though, you don't you're not in the system though. You don't have a card. How do you are you that's what you're saying they buy marry the card. It with a with a no I don't know oh, that they marry it. Well, I'm saying you could then, get a card and say I got it if you didn't too. I'm just saying a little bit of money means that you could get a vaccine ahead of your schedule or yeah. a little bit of money could make it look like you got a vaccine even if you didn't. I, it's all dirty. It's just interesting. I feel like we could have done this better in a year. Maybe next year we will do it better. I mean, I've got customers who developed applications within weeks, meaning sub-month time frame yeah. of them deciding they were going to go back to the office that could tie directly to individual employees and contact tracing. We have a million different ways to identify people in, in our country or in the world, depending on the country. And it's like, 
you you couldn't have developed something to tie this to them. I mean, well, don't we have well, we, ways? We to could. Do it? We tried, it, and and it was probably. I know in the U.S., I know the U.K. got major pushback here. It's that they were all voluntary programs. Voluntary contact tracing is not going to help you identify community spread of something like. Well, I just I just mean for the vaccine itself. Um, oh, fair I, I, enough, rec- yeah. I recognize that a lot of people. I mean, we have well, this but HIPAA before. complicates that, right? Who has access to it? How can they do it? You can't develop something in a month and check all the boxes from a regulatory perspective. Uh, it, it would be extremely difficult to do that at a national or global scale. And okay. be respectful Pick of one of the things that we track about people medically today, and align it with that. Yeah, because we I, do it. Yeah. So I, I I don't disagree, but I don't think it's centralized. It's not shared. Problem. It could be your provider versus another provider, and it doesn't get shared with airports. They don't. They don't know what what you have. It doesn't get shared with foreign governments. They don't know whether or not you've got it. There, there are real problems with trying to solve this from a contact tracing perspective. It, it's not. Yeah, but we also have doctors' notes that say that we we use medication of certain kinds, and you have to do certain things. So it's not like it's not like every piece of medical information about an individual is hidden from everyone else. That is not the case. There are certain things that you can provide. Saying that you have been vaccinated by some verifiable way should be one of those things that we should be able to do. Sure. And I think we can, but I think it's voluntary. And voluntary falls apart because a lot of people don't want to volunteer that they got it or that they didn't get it. I'm saying what it is. I'm saying what it needs to be. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. Let me give you all a scenario. Let me ask you what you would do. Okay. This guy gave us two weeks notice. Just hard shift away from everything y'all are talking about. Okay. Objection. Is he a driver of Amazon? This guy gave us no, no, no. It's pretty much like non-tech related. I just kind of wanted to change the feel of the show right now. (laughs) (laughs) The guy guy gave his two weeks notice, complained he didn't receive his last paycheck. Suddenly, more than 91,000 pennies weighing over 500 pounds were dumped on his driveway. Not to mention they were like super oily and greasy with a note for his his last pay stub. 915 bucks. That's awesome. Is it legal? Because that's pretty cool. I mean, it has to be legal. He got paid. Yeah, what did he currency. do? Who did he piss off? The money was delivered to him. And then there right? was a note. There was a there was a note with an explicit message on top saying, here's your last paycheck. Wow. <laughs> what do you do with 500 pounds of oily pennies in your driveway? Actually, like it's probably worth a lot more than, than his paycheck. So there's that. But it's not going to be easy to deal with it. <laughs> It's worth. I forget what's what's get it get a show. Yeah, yeah. Well, a penny's worth more than a penny in metal. It's illegal to destroy it, but okay. Did you see that one coming, Bewley? That's right. a take. Did no, I, I think that was going to happen. <laughs> oh my gosh! You see how Tyler cares about no topic at hand. <laughs> <laughs> I give up. All right, y'all pick a topic. Or let's shut it down. It's Friday. Oh my goodness! No! Oh my gosh! We should have said this at the beginning. People that are listening, if you made it this far in the show, this is your last chance. This is your last chance to like and retweet our super secret giveaway message and to go and like and follow Vspatial VR to be entered into the Oculus 2 giveaway from the Tech Breakfast podcast. And if you're hearing this after 5 p.m., I'm sorry, it's too late. Don't bother. Because at 5 p.m. today, we are drawing the line in the sand. And on Monday morning, we will be announcing uh, to the world through our pod. Yes. Oh, yes. Five CST. 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 Yep. Very Everything important. Everything is Texas time. Okay. Texas time, baby. And uh, and so, again, if you made it this far, this is your last chance. If you haven't already done it, do it. 
And, and at 5 p.m. today, Central Standard Time, we will be randomly generating the winner of our giveaway and announcing on Monday who it is so they can get it and be happier. <laughs> so they can get it and be happier. That's happier. right. Have more happiness in your <laughs> more life. More happiness have in more your more happiness. <laughs> That's no, right, I, that doesn't have to be a shutdown. In fact, it probably shouldn't be. I'm just I, that we had to yeah, say yeah, that. Yeah. I wanted to say it right at the beginning and I forgot. For sure. Um, the Wisecam V3 is now on Amazon. Do we care about that? I care about it. I bought you oh, know, okay. four of them and I like them. Cool. And uh, nice. it wasn't an easy thing to get. You had to go, you know, there was like an early thing on Wise and only so many people got it. They're, You're getting it in waves. Whoa. Now they're, they're, they're on inexpensive and pretty yeah. feature rich. Yeah, that's awesome. Are, are, it, can you record those to um, like an RTSP source or, or uh, no, no. non cloud? They're they're working on that. Yeah, I'm trying to be able to uh, record stuff to my Synology. Just kind of have yeah. stuff constantly going there, where I can just Dude, look back. When I get a twenty dollar camera that will do that out of the box, I will be a much happier person. Yeah, but here's the deal, though. I mean, it's kind of. I mean, it already it, it will alert you to movement or sound, and then it will hold on to those recordings. I don't know how far back, um, but they're I think like fifteen second recordings or something like that. I mean, cool. you, can go, you can go see what's going on. You can also just drop an SD card into the camera itself. Yeah. So what I didn't want to have was an SD card in the camera. Something happens in my backyard. Some For some reason, the camera's gone. Yep. I can't see what it is. Nope, um, same. But they do I hold on. I'm not a huge fan of local. I mean, it's already running across my network. Just let yeah. me point the damn stream. Yeah, exactly. They are working on it, though. Well, I'm glad to hear that, but I'm certain that they could have it done if they weren't trying to make money yeah. on a cloud service. They're super simple though. That's cool. Cam V3. Yeah, I like constant. the Blink cams too, but they have the same um, problems, right? They can record locally. They, I think you can pay for their cloud service. You can access them from anywhere, which is great. It doesn't sound like they're, I don't think they've got the motion sensing coolness, but they're really inexpensive, especially if you're already in the market for Amazon devices because they'll bundle yeah. them for 5 or $10, which is brilliant. But I've got them just to pull up my phone or pull it up on the, what, the shows, the Echo shows, the basically tablet integrated speakers that Amazon mm-hmm. sells. And so you can, I can see what's going on in like the game room where the kids will be playing and stuff like that. At Wait, a, that, at a that worked with your Blink? Yep. Okay. Cause I haven't done that yet with the Wise. I don't think it works. I did connect my ring doorbell to the Echo show, which is actually pretty nice. cool. You know, just tell that it is to show cool, me the actually. front door. And, then and I have a new Ubiquiti door camera office. that stopped working because I think my transformer died. I need to get into my wall and fix that. But it does not integrate that way, which is sad. Yeah. Russ, what else do you see, man? I was looking at this article here. Then I don't want to go into the details of it, but it, the headline was interesting. It was like, Mark Zuckerberg just asked Congress to eliminate all of Facebook's future, future competition. I feel like this is one of those bad reporting scenarios that we're right. talking that about. That sounds pretty terrible also good for him i mean if i would make that request too because it would make my job easier <laughs> yes if no, i just Congress. had the u.s government eliminate yeah. eliminate my competition the, the premise of this and it, it's somewhat of a reach but i guess i can understand the base of it which is basically in a written testimony you know they're trying to figure out what to do about section 230 even though that one's pretty easy just leave it alone um, right don't touch it and and the the thing that he put here is is that he believes Congress should consider making platforms uh, platforms intermediary, intermediary liability protection for certain types of unlawful content and not have them prevent uh, or be liable for the specific content, but have them 
be forced to have a way to deal with unlawful content. And then if they don't. How is that you know, different than now? It's not. And that's the thing that I think is strange because the, in the, the purpose here is, is obviously in order to deal with all this content, you have to have some form of infrastructure and AI and some, some intelligence built around it to sure. be able to do this. There's no way to do this at the human level. And so the idea here is, is, well, Facebook is so big, they can certainly do that. And there's no way for the small people to do that because certainly Google doesn't provide any form of AI services for some small company to go leverage in the public cloud. Nobody that's does. Nobody's selling AI and services. And so, yeah, that's no, no one will ever do that. Just like no one will ever be able to compete with a large company because they'll never be able to buy all that infrastructure they need. There's definitely no way to have a lower cost of entry. <laughs> uh, and I, so, I don't know if y'all can catch all the drippings of sarcasm here. Thick. As a listener, thick okay, it's I'm very thick in that moment. It is me. just killing me when I read this. Uh, but that was the premise here. And so it's just like, you know, once again, you know, headlines can be fun. Read the article. Judge for yourself. People don't read the article. This is actually one of the biggest problems right now with the way that people are making decisions. If they read the headline, they make a judgment call based on the headline. They click, and they like, it. upload, heart. They retweet it and they move on. Which this is one of my this, favorite features that that Twitter tried yep. was just, you didn't read it. You want to read it before you send it out hey, to your dummy. followers? Read it That's first. great. I think every platform should do that. They should make you, in fact, they should do it publicly. I like it. Did not read this article, retweeted. <laughs> that would be great. I Shame like them. Maybe, maybe they do should it to not me. allow you to do the retweet for like five minutes. No, no, no. I think they should just put the damn through. label that says, did not read this. And then they can come back and say, no, I read it off platform, but they still look like a jackass, which is great. I don't, I think that would be fantastic. I think that should just be law. Make that section two thirty. Well, they, they want to make some more laws. So maybe they'll do that one in there, but I think it's time that we <laughs> shut this thing down. Oh, man. <laughs> All right. Well, this has been a fun, uh, philosophically laden and pedantic episode, um, but I enjoyed it. And it's come to an end. So that is the end of another Tech Breakfast podcast. Thank you all for joining us. Thanks for listening. Thanks for subscribing. Thanks for supporting us. Get out there. Like, retweet us, Vspatial VR. Go try to win yourself a Quest 2. And we will talk to you on Monday. Have a great weekend. Later.